0: Hello, and welcome to Field Notes, the weekly podcast of the Military Fellowship Center in Jacksonville, North Carolina, serving Marines stationed at Cap Lejeune and surrounding areas. Military Fellowship Center is a ministry of Military Evangelism Incorporated. Our speaker and host for the program is Dave Mason, the General Director of Military Evangelism and the Field Director at Jacksonville visit us on the web at militaryfellowshipministry.com or email us at militaryfellowshipctr@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Now, here's Dave Mason. Hello.
1: And thanks for joining me again this week as we study God's Word. It's been an exciting couple of weeks here at Military Evangelism. My wife Patty and I just finished a trip visiting supporting churches and new churches. And we've had new Marines visiting the center. And God has really been pouring in support uh, for us and what we're doing here at Military Evangelism. Thank you for supporting us and for praying for us. Now, let's dive into God's Word. Our text this week is John chapter 1. Verses 15 through 18. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me, and his fullness have we all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father. He hath declared him. Father, thank you for this opportunity to speak and preach your word. Help us to understand what your word says, and help your word not to return void into our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we continue our study of the book of John this week by looking into the testimony of John the Baptist. Not John the writer of the book of John, but John the Baptist. John the Baptist is a very important person in the New Testament. He's mentioned some 89 times in the New Testament. He was the cousin of our Lord Jesus Christ. John was born six months before Jesus Christ, and he was born in a miraculous way as his parents were old and his mother barren when John was born Uh, To them, God gave them the ability to have a child so that John could have this ministry. He had a very specific mission from God. His job was to prepare the way for Jesus Christ. John was to preach repentance to his people, the Jews, so that they might be ready for the Messiah when he came. And so, here in this passage today, we have the words of John preserved by the Holy Spirit, perfectly summarizing his ministry and his message. John spoke that Jesus is eternal, that he is our one and only provider, the one who blesses us with all material and spiritual things, and that he is the only way to reach God the Father. So let's look at these verses individually and see what they say. John 1.15, John bare witness of him of Jesus Christ and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. So we're only 15 verses into the book of John and once again we are reminded of the eternity of Jesus Christ. The fact, the fact that Jesus is eternal is foundational. Without Jesus Christ being eternal and God himself, the rest of the statements they wither on the vine, they're weakened. If Jesus Christ is not eternal, the Bible is a lie. Everything rests upon that If Jesus Christ is not God In the flesh The Bible is a lie And we know the Bible is not a lie Because we know this is the word of God It has been proven time and time again This is the word of God And Jesus Christ is declared by the word of God To be not only the son of God But God himself The second person of the Trinity He is all the fullness of God Dwelling in the body of a man he is, as we said last week, 100% God, 100% man. And so knowing this, knowing that Jesus Christ is eternal, kept John humble in his ministry. John was humble in his ministry. He goes before me. He was before me. Uh, he, he, I have to decrease later on, he says, so that he can increase. He's preferred before me. That's a humbleness we don't see in the ministry today. Because it's not about John. It's not about his preferences. It's not about his motives. It's not about his ministry. It's all about Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. And so John says, Jesus is eternal. And Jesus is the one I preach. And because he's eternal, I'm nothing. I have to decrease. He is preferred before me. He was, before I ever existed, he existed. He is the eternal one. And so John says, because He's eternal, it's all about Him. It's not about me. The second thing we see what John says about Jesus Christ is that He's the only one. He's the only one who can fulfill all of our spiritual needs. He's the only one. Verse 16, And His fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came By Jesus Christ. Now, there's two thoughts that come out in this verse. Number one, that Jesus is full spiritual supply for us. And of his fullness have all we received. He is full spiritual supply. You don't need anything more than Jesus. You don't need anything more than Jesus. You don't need another prophet. You don't need another preacher. You don't need anything else. Jesus Christ is all you need. And then number two, and grace is. For grace, Jesus is a continuous supply of grace. In Jesus Christ, there is a continuous supply of grace. So let's look at that first concept there. Jesus is full spiritual supply. Now, as human beings, we all have a missing part. That's why we have religions, because all men, when they're born, know. As they grow up, they know there's something missing in their life. Uh, it's a god shaped hole in our heart and and it's missing in all of us and men tend to look everywhere for fulfillment for that hole in their lives and we still do it today, even those of us who call ourselves Christians sometimes look elsewhere for fulfillment we need the latest gadget we need the latest plan, we need the latest uh, um, you know, vehicle or home or we need something, we need the shiniest thing, we need these new things. If only I could get to this point, if only I could get here look, you're never going to be satisfied and you shouldn't be. You should never be satisfied. You should always want for more except in one area, in the knowledge that heaven is your eternal home Jesus Christ is the fullness of God, of His fullness all we have received. Jesus Christ is the fullness. Once you have Him, you know you have eternal life. You know heaven's your eternal home. You know that you have access to the Father through Jesus Christ. He is fullness. He is fulfillment. Even though we'll never arrive, even though we'll never get there on this side of eternity, in Christ there is fullness. Philippians 4.19 But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You say, well, I'm not having all my needs supplied. Well, let's make sure that your needs aren't wants. Because sometimes our wants are mistaken for needs. Matthew 6, 7, and 8. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be ye also not therefore like unto them, for your Father knows what things you have need of before you ask of Him. Jesus is the fullness of God. He is God in the flesh and his Father who is also God. He knows what you need before you even ask. We tend to forget that He supplies everything. Jesus said one time, he said, you know, the sparrows, they don't they don't toil, they don't farm, they don't, you know, but God feeds them, and you're worth a lot more than sparrows. Why are you worried? God will take care of you. We tend to forget that He is the supply of everything. Grace, strength, power, happiness, joy, contentment, peace of mind, stability, love, kindness. The list goes on and on and on. Those things are all found only in the person of Jesus Christ. He is the fullness. He's all that you need. He's all that you'll ever need. And He's the fullness of the Godhead also. You know, when when you have Jesus in your life, you're not getting one-third of God you know, he say, well, there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, so if I get Jesus, I only have one-third of God. No! You're getting all of God. Colossians 2, nine: For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, it's a mystery, the Trinity. We don't understand all about it. We can't understand how there can be three personalities but the same person. And, and, and the the Holy Spirit is not Jesus or God the Father. God the Father is not Jesus or the Holy Spirit. Jesus is not God or the Holy Spirit. But each one of them, all together, are God. That's, that's a hard concept. But just because you don't understand it, doesn't mean it's not true. Jesus is the fullness of God. And then it says, Of His fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. That phrase is found nowhere else in the Bible. Grace for grace. What does it mean? Well, in the Greek, it actually means grace in the place of grace or grace because of grace. It basically means a constant, continual refreshing of God's grace. An always full cup, a never empty tank, a fountain that never runs dry, if you'll just receive it. In John chapter 4, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. In verse 14, he says, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Never thirsty again, if you'll just receive what Jesus has for you. Every need, every situation, every moment of the day, there is grace to be had. Now, what is grace? Grace is God's Gifts to you that you don't deserve. Grace is God's favor on you when you don't deserve it. And so there's always an opportunity for God to give His grace to you. Grace for grace. Grace because of grace. Grace in place of grace. Grace replacing grace from yesterday. Grace today uh, replacing yesterday's grace. There's always an opportunity for God's grace to come into your life. When your marriage is bad, there's grace. When your child goes astray, there's grace. When your job stinks, there's grace. When nothing in your life seems to make sense, there's still God's grace. And though everything around you is falling apart, you can have quiet and contentment and peace in your heart if you'll only receive God's grace. Whatever you need, remember that grace, God's grace is sufficient and available to you. Now in verse 17 it says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So Jesus does what the law could not do. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now there are too many of those in the world who think that Christianity is about rules. And I've got news for you today. This might shock a few of you. There's only one rule in Christianity. You say, what about the Ten Commandments? Wait a second. There's only one rule in Christianity. Listen to it. Matthew 22, verse 36 and 37. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. That encompasses all of the law. If you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, you will naturally keep every little thing that uh, God would require of you. Every law that God would require of you, you will naturally keep. If only you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. With everything you have. Because the law only shows us our sins. The law never did make a provision for paying in full for our sins. The only provision the law ever made for sin was a temporary winking at our sin by God when we sacrificed an animal, shed blood. That was just a temporary reprieve from the 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 weight of sin, the, the, the demand of sin, which was death. The law never made a full provision for sin. Jesus Christ, however, with his one death upon the cross, paid for sin forever for those who would accept his, his sacrifice, and receive him into their hearts. So the law only shows us our sins. It doesn't make a provision for it. More important than knowing what not to do, folks, is knowing the truth behind the rules. See, what we think of when we think of, you know, how do I make God happy with me? How do I please God is, well, what are the rules I've got to keep? What can I do? What can I not do? It's more important to know the truth behind the rules than it is to know the rules. By Jesus came grace and truth. Romans 10.4 says, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. He's the end of the law. Jesus Christ is the truth that explains the law and shows us God's grace. John 8.32, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall be make you free. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Now I want you to note there in John 8:32 and then the last part if the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed, verse 36. Verse 32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Verse 36, if the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. The truth does not set you free. You will hear preachers all the time, and they get all excited. And the truth shall set you free. No, the truth does not set you free. The truth makes you free. Literally, it says that the truth will deliver you into freedom. Now, what is the truth? John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's Jesus Christ. He is the truth. The truth is Jesus Christ. And so you shall know Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ shall make you free. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. There's a difference between setting someone free and making someone free. Delivering someone into freedom. Setting someone free implies that they are unbound and now allowed to do whatever they desire. And that's what the world wants. They want forgiveness of their sins. People want forgiveness of their sins, and then they want to go out and sin more. They want to be free to go and sin all they want and then just come back every Sunday and get forgiveness for it all over again. Can I tell you that's not Christianity? You can't party like you're in. Like you're a son of hell on Friday and Saturday night and then go to church Sunday morning and say, I'm sorry. All the while knowing you're going to party again Friday and Saturday night. You're going to do horrible, despicable things again and then get back into church Sunday morning and try to get forgiveness for it. That is not freedom. That is being set free to do whatever you want. Making someone free. Making someone free indicates that the freed person recognizes that someone made them free. And now there is a debt owed a debt of love, a debt of gratitude, a debt willingly and lovingly repaid through service. The Son shall make you free. And when He makes you free, you recognize that He made you free, He paid the price for your freedom. And because he paid the price for your freedom and made you free, now you have a love debt toward him to serve him. Now you live according to his word because you love him, because he made you free from the penalty of sin and death. And finally, Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. We've we've learned that John says Jesus Christ is eternal and that Jesus Christ is the only one who can fulfill all of our spiritual needs. He is the fullness of God. He's the one who gives us grace. And now, he's the only way. Verse 18. No man has seen God at any time. Only the begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So no one else, no one else has ever seen the face of God But Jesus Christ, no one who ever walked this earth had seen the face of God. So we can't trust anyone else when it comes to, how do I get to God? He's the only one we can trust. He's the only one we can trust. Because he's the only one who's ever seen the Father face to face. Therefore, he's the only person we can 100% trust to tell us the truth about God. You have to be aware that there are people out there that that will tell you I've had a vision and I saw God face to face there are false preachers and false teachers out there beware of them they will tell you oh I had a vision of God and God and I looked in into each other's faces and we and we talked and God gave me a new revelation run from that man as fast as you can cuz not even Moses got to see God's face Exodus 33, verse 20, and he said, Thou cannot see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass, that while my glory passes by, I'll put you in a cliff of the rock, and cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. Basically, Moses, you can't look on my face because if you look on my face, you'll die. No man can look on the face of God and live. And Moses had God's hand taken away from him just as God passed by. And Moses saw the shoulder of God. He saw, he saw the back of God. That's all he saw. Maybe he saw all he saw was the heel of God as he walked away. I don't know, but he just saw the back of God. And when Moses walked down off the mountain... The children of Israel had to put a veil over Moses' head because they couldn't look on him because Moses' face was glowing from just seeing the back of God. Could you imagine if Moses had seen the face of God? He would have died on the spot. Jesus Christ is the only one who's ever been face-to-face with the Father. So He's the only one we can trust. He's the only way to the Father. God is invisible to us. He's invisible to us. First Timothy 1 Timothy 1.17, Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Hebrews 11.27, By faith Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Moses walked, into his, walked on in his life with God as if he had seen God, even though God is invisible to man. First John 4, 12, No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and His love is perfect in us. You don't need to see God. God dwells in you if you have Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit lives in your heart if you have Jesus Christ. You don't need to see God's face, but Jesus Christ has. And so He's the only one we can trust. He's the only one we can listen to and say, okay, this is how you get to the Father. Jesus Christ saw Him face to face. The only begotten Son which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. The word declared in the Greek is where we get our word exegesis, which means to explain, to unfold, to lead the way. That's what preaching is. That's what preaching is supposed to be. A good preacher is an exegetical preacher. He, he explains, unfolds the Scriptures. He leads you in the way to see what the truth of the Scripture is. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He was the greatest preacher ever. He explained to us how to get to the Father. And so, he that declares the Father is the begotten of the Father. That's what it says here. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So, the only person who's ever seen God the Father is the only begotten of the Father. We'll read that phrase again in John 3.16. Begotten. Begotten means unique, one of a kind. Because Jesus is unique, he is the only man to have ever seen God. That means he is the only way to communicate to God. So we should always be exalting Jesus. We should always be exalting Jesus. There's no way you can give too much praise to Jesus Christ. John five twenty two For the Father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honors not the Son honors not the Father which has sent him. You ever run into somebody who talks about God all the time, but they get insulted by the name of Jesus? Or there are those out there who talk about the Holy Spirit all the time, and they, don't, they never talk about Jesus. They only talk about Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. There's one name given among men under heaven by which we must be saved. It is at the name of Jesus that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. That's the name. That's the name we praise. That's the man. That's the God we praise He is the only begotten of the Father. He is the only way to the Father. That's John's testimony. That's John's testimony. So let me ask you a question. Is your testimony about Jesus Christ as strong as John's? Is he all of those things to you and more? Do you exalt him and praise him for his grace on a daily basis? And finally, what is your relationship with Jesus Christ? What is it? Is it a friend? Is it an acquaintance? Is it a friend who just happens to be God himself? What is your relationship with Jesus Christ? These are questions we have to ask ourselves on a regular basis. Paul said we should work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We should know what we believe. We should be thinking about it on a regular basis. Thanks again for joining me today. The response to this podcast has been wonderful. We now have listeners in... Four countries, dozens of states, a dozen states or more around the country, around America. And, And just I ask you to keep telling folks about us. And if you would, go to iTunes and leave a review and include a star rating for the podcast. That is going to help rise us up on the search bar so that when people are looking for uh, programming with a spiritual or religious bent, we'll be a little bit further up on the line, and that'll get us to even more listeners so we can reach out with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Until next week, God bless you, and
0: God bless our troops. Thank you for joining us for Field Notes. If you have been blessed by the preaching and teaching you have heard, consider visiting our website at MilitaryFellowshipMinistry.com and click the Donate button. Any amount will be a great help to us as we continue to reach our men and women in the military with the Gospel. Join us next week as we continue our study of God's Word. God bless you.